Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Conversations. Today we're going to be taking a deep dive on one of the most impactful books of my life. And yes, the Bible was number one, but there's really one other book that changed the way I lead, the way I talk to people, the way I treat people, the way I treat my wife, the way I treat my family, anybody and everybody who I interact with genuinely was not just through scripture, but also this book. And I'd venture to say that you have heard of this book, you've heard about this author, maybe you've heard about this 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 system really that they have created to genuinely love people and genuinely know how to have conversations with people because I don't think a lot of us know how to genuinely have good dialogues with people. We we definitely know how to talk about ourselves and that's one of the points in here we'll talk about, but this book is called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Dale Carnegie was the author. It was actually written in 1936 by the way. So I'm recording this in 2023, and it still stands as number one, one of the most selling books on the planet, most sales. But on the other side of it, my guess would be one of the most impactful books as well. Not just Christians, not just Americans, but literally internationally, this book has changed how to win friends, how to, to, to win over friends, to gain more friends, and to influence people. To influence people to make change, to to change themselves, to curate a future together with you, whatever. Again, I, I really want to give you nine key principles that I have interpreted from this book that I think will genuinely help you become not just a better leader, but a better person, a better spouse, a better friend, a better father, whoever you are. It'll make you a better person. And there's nine principles here. Some of them are literally taken from the book, and then the other side of this, some of them are summarized within a context of maybe a chapter or some. So let's just jump right in. Number one, become genuinely interested in people. How many of you listening to this love to talk about yourself? We all love to talk about ourselves, and Dale teaches that everybody loves to talk about themselves. So if we as the leader, as the primary person in this conversation or interaction, what would happen if we were genuinely, again, that, that's the key word, genuinely interested in the, what that person is saying? We need to get really, really good at being interested in people, being interested in what they have to say, not interested in a response, not interested in your agenda. It's just a pureness of saying, man, I'm actually genuinely interested in what they have to say. And part of this, I would say, goes back to being in the moment. You have to be in the moment in these interactions and in these conversations and these moments in the hallway at work when you rub it, rub a shoulder against somebody you never talked to and you just strike up a conversation. We, we know that people love to talk about themselves because we all do. Therefore, we need to ask questions to people to get them to talk about themselves and be interested in about it. And if you aren't currently interested in about it, learn how to be interested in people. And I would say, especially if you're a Christian listening to this, this should be easy to us. We should be the most genuinely interested in people people on the planet because we know that God has created them for a specific reason and our interaction wasn't a coincidence. Therefore, I'm going to be so interested in what that person has to say. It might be the weirdest thing you've heard in 10 years, but what you're doing is you're making somebody feel heard. And when you make somebody feel heard, they tend to not just listen to your voice, but you guys continue to maybe have a friendship, maybe have a relationship, maybe they, maybe they honor you or respect you. We always think that 
respect and honor comes from knowing the most or transferring information from your mind to somebody else's, but really it comes down to just, are you listening more than talking? Because if you are, you're winning. So become generally interested in people. Number two, let the other person think that the idea was theirs. Make them feel like they have great ideas and that their ideas are the best ideas, even if it wasn't them that came up with it. When, when you make other people feel like they're winning, and if you're a great leader, you're willing to give the wins away. If it was your idea and your team won, how great would it make somebody feel? Not that, not that you're lying or you're faking this, but helping them see that they were a part of that journey as well. So let the other person feel like they made the idea up. Great. Who cares? If you, if you care about the win, if you care about the outcome more than who gets the credit, you're going to start to win friends and influence people. And we know the, the number one job Gen Alpha wants is to be an influencer. And if that's true, if you want to be an influencer, which that doesn't ju just mean content creator, although that's obviously, I would venture to say what they're trying to get at is, but if they want to be influencers, if you want to be an influencer, you got to make other people, what we just said, be interested in what they're saying, be interested in people. But the other side of it, you got to give the credit away. You can't always be the guy who has all the solutions, has all the ideas. And even if you do, you don't want busy be people who don't think around you in a team concept. Because if you're leading a team, there's going to be moments where you did come up with the idea. That's okay. And there's going to be also times where you didn't even come up with it, but somehow you get celebrated publicly and you're like, I didn't do any of this. And that's okay. We're all human. And if something is that catastrophic that we think that it's going to change the planet, that we didn't get credit for it, then I don't know what to tell you, but what I'm saying is make people feel like they're winning. And if they don't feel like they're winning, it's going to be a really hard time to succeed together. And it's our job as leaders to help them find and see the wins. I always talk about this in the church context. If, if it's after a church service or an event or a youth service and the people serving on your teams don't know what the wins are, it's going to be a really hard time to keep them on your team or even serving or attending, let alone if they don't know what the win is. And the win to you might be different than what a win is to somebody else. And that's okay. But as the leader, you define what a win is, not by dictatorship, but painting the picture. You're painting the picture of what a win is and what the future is and how people can join and be a part of that. So let other people have the ideas. Let them have the credit. Let them have the wins. And, and anytime there's failures, guess what? That's your job to embrace and take on because you're the leader. Number three, talk about your own mistakes before talking about theirs. Don't use the word but, but use the word and with criticism. So hypothetically here, you, you're a leader and you have people on your team, you're a manager, whatever. You, you got to have a confrontation with somebody. Or maybe on Sunday, you're seeing somebody serve and they're looking off. Instead of going up to them, and jumping their gun and getting in their face and making them feel bad. What you need to do is share, maybe share a story, maybe share how you're actually feeling in that context. And what you're doing is you're leveling the playing field. Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they're having a bad week. Maybe just because you know that and you can assume that based on what you're seeing maybe in their countenance or how they're acting or how they're not responding to you in texts or whatever. Talk about your own mistakes. Maybe share a story, maybe share like a massive fail, get them to laugh a little bit, get them to loosen up a little bit. Because when we don't do this, 
they already they already feel bad. Like they already feel like they're not winning. They're not doing their job. They're not succeeding. And for us to not level that playing field, what you're doing is you're not making yourself human. And people people can feel that. People can feel that you're you're just out to get them. And when I say don't use the word but, I would I would submit to you to actually remove that word out of your vocabulary, like literally all of it. But I just did it. That's hilarious. Don't yeah. So don't use the word but in in criticism or confrontation. For example, hey Jimmy. I really appreciate you coming in today. I think that you're doing such a great job at at work, but we got to talk about this. We got to talk about your character. Well, I think that but literally just canceled out all of those sweet compliments that are flattery right before that versus, hey, Jimmy, thank you so much for coming in on on a short notice, man. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate all that you've done for our company and Today, I would like to talk about this specific thing that I messaged you an email about. Really just want to get a same playing field, dude. Before, I just want to share a story of last week. Man, I had a bad week. I don't know if you saw it on my face, but man, I, I had a bad week. I was not sleeping well. I didn't work out. I ate bad. And like what I would say to you, it, see how light lighter that feels than the, the but is a transition word. But what you're doing is you're transitioning everything you're saying cancels out to what you just said before you've heard it maybe your spouse has said maybe you said your spouse hey i love you but you didn't do the dishes hey i love you but we haven't been on a date night in a month okay yeah yeah i I hear you so remove but from your criticisms use and because and complements those two those two sentences the compound sentence rather than canceling out them but talk about your own mistakes share a story Make them laugh a little bit. Again, you're not their savior. You're just a person. You're a human being who maybe has just worked there longer or has more education or whatever. It doesn't matter. All I'm trying to say is level the playing field. Don't use the word but in confrontation. Number four, talking terms with other people, interests, things. You got to talk in terms of what's in it for them. Don't use the word me when you're talking to somebody else or I, especially when it comes to talking to your team more more than just one person if you use i and me even applying applying this to preaching don't use the word i or me don't share stories that are literally only relevant to you because we're no longer tracking with you because you're painting a picture not about you you're you are literally the mailman transferring mail and if you're a business owner when you're talking to your team or when you're talking to an employee of yours Talk in terms with them in mind, their interests, their personality. You're painting a picture for them to understand because every person on the planet walks into every interaction and goes, what's in it for me? What's this conversation for me? What's this Zoom call? What's this fate I'm for? What's in it for me? Because why? We are designed to be selfish. And again, this isn't for everyone. This is for a leader. Listen to this. And I would hope and I would imagine each one of you thinks you're a leader and if you don't you are a leader you can curate change in, in your environment but we we need to start talking into terms of other people understand especially don't get me started on preaching when you're sharing again stories that are so siloed and so irrelevant to an audience or people in a crowd that they're going man this guy that story that's just random you need to share stories you need to share topics or or themes that we can all get behind and all go, I've been in that place before. So don't share random things about church 
that people don't listen to because they're going, man, I don't work at a church. I work at a work at Best Buy or whatever. We need we need to consistently speak into the people's lives in a way that they will understand. Because again, communication is connection. I said this almost every podcast, but communication is just connection. And if they're not connecting to it, you're not communicating. You might be talking or speaking, but you're definitely not communicating. If people don't understand you, and if people cannot share after you're done talking what you just said, there might be a listening problem, yes, but most of the time it's because you're not painting the proper picture for them to see themselves in the shoes of the communicator. So talk in terms with the other people's interests. Think, always think, man, they're thinking about what's in it for me, not you, but the people you're talking to. So get the other person to say yes immediately. This is so important. I've been in sales for a long time in the business space, and we always talk about gaining agreement. You need to gain agreement almost immediately, especially when you're in one-on-ones with your team or the people that you're leading at work. Gaining that agreement right off the bat, getting the little wins across the board from the start is so important, especially in sales. Like I said, in a sales call, you need to gain agreement. You need to gain the listener's agreement on what you're saying because then they're actually, again, what we just said, you're, they're connecting to what you're saying, which turns into communication. So immediately get them to agree with something small right away. It might be the most dumb, random thing on the planet that, again, you know it's intentional, but to them it just seems like conversation. It just seems like a typical day in the office. Man, it's so nice out, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. Boom. Little little wins, little agreement, because each yes and each agreement that's happening, they're starting to listen and dial in more to you. So make that as super practical as you need. But again, maybe you're going to coffee with somebody. Before you sit down, you're in line to order, having a conversation with them. Get them to gain agreement and say yes as fast as you can. Again, this isn't manipulation. This is saying, man, I genuinely want people to listen and care about what I'm about to pitch to them. It might be you're asking them to serve on your team. Cool. Get them to say yes immediately because as they get to say yes more, they get more comfortable in it. And again, it's not a, a manipulative way. You don't have an agenda. But gaining agreement immediately opens up the door to more authenticity, more humility on both sides, and more connection. So get them to say yes. Give honest and sincere appreciation. Are we being honest and sincere? I would venture to say, if you're not giving consistent, sincere compliments, you might be the problem in your organization or your team. You got to be so good at complimenting, complimenting the right things, by the way. You, you always want to celebrate what you want repeated. And if you want certain things repeated, aka character things, personality things, all that is not the surface level stuff. The surface level stuff is looks and tone and where we live and all that stuff that we we think that matters it really doesn't but we need to give sincere appreciation publicly and privately if you only celebrate publicly and you don't celebrate the one privately and you and privately literally means it stays private you affirm character privately and you don't go man i just had the best conversation with them man i i affirmed them i complimented them and they were so appreciative of that don't bring up don't bring other people involved in that. Just compliment them, appreciate them, give them your best, give them a smile and a thank you and just leave it as that. But also publicly, like find the one person on a Sunday morning who was so on point 
They had the biggest smile. They were hugging people. They were connecting with people. They got people's phone numbers. Celebrate that publicly. But it needs to be from a genuine place and an honest place. And if it's not, you want results more than you want transformation in people that you love. So give one awesome compliment a day. Again, this book's been selling since 1936, so I'm sure there's some weight and density and truth to this. But if, if that was the one thing you learned from this 30-minute episode is just give one great compliment a day. And again, it might be some random person on the subway and you go, man, those are the coolest shoes I've ever seen in my life. Those are so dope, bro. Where did you find those? Those are so cool. And the guy automatically feels like, man, they, you know what? These shoes are cool. I do, I, I do dress nice. Again, it doesn't have to be this like endless biggest thing on the planet. Just be really good at celebrating people and complimenting people and making people feel like a million dollars with no agenda. Just make people feel good because you know what it feels like to be complimented. And if you aren't being complimented, start complimenting others because it'll start coming back to you. So give the other person a, a reputation to live up to. Give other, talk the best about people privately. When they're not in the room, Talk so highly of them as when they walk into the room for the first time, when they interact with somebody for the first time that you've met and you've talked about them and you've hyped them up, that person has the best connotation ever about that person. Man, they think the world of that person. And when you do this, what ends up happening is when they meet, when they have a conversation, that person's heart posture is ready because most of the time we have these walls or barriers to when we interact with people versus. You can break down those barriers and walls if you just paint the most beautiful. And don't lie. Like, don't fluff them up a little bit. But paint, paint the beautiful picture of the best in what you see them. Because when we do this, they live up to it. People will live up to the reputation you paint for them. Man, we should celebrate people. Make them feel like a million dollars. They should be so excited to walk into that room. And again, this isn't flattery. I am so anti-flattery but I am so for complimenting and being authentic and showing genuine appreciation without them in their room. Don't be a gossiper. Don't, don't, don't gossip because most of the time, one, it's sin. If you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, if you're the gossiper or if you're friends with the gossiper, they're going to be, they're 100% are gossiping about you. And if you are the gossiper, I would venture to say you are missing connection in your life. There's a wall, there's a distortion that you have because there's a need for you to share information that somebody doesn't want you to share. And for us to feel that, and what that is, is we're trying to get people to see that we have information they do. So then they think we're better than them and that's not good. So don't be a gossiper. And last two here, power of identity, the power of I am. What are you identifying with? So I, I once heard a brilliant message a sermon on the i am so we all know that god's one of his work like terms or names is literally i am i am what he is he's literally all of it everything that you can imagine you could see with your eyes he was the initial creator of he was the creator and the owner that's elohim and adonai those are the two words of god one is creator one is owner so god creates he has it all therefore we are his creation so when you say, I am blank, what you're doing is, one, you're talking about what God created. So when you say, I'm a bad person, I'm a cheater, I'm a liar, I'm a stealer, whatever, what you're saying is 
you're you're talking bad, I would say, about what God created. And I would venture to say he doesn't appreciate that. So stop talking bad and negative about yourself, not not out of a, a condemnation or a frustration or anger or rebellion of, I guess, God's mad at me. He's not mad at you. He's upset with you because you're talking bad about what he created, and that's you. You should have in your notes on your phone, maybe it's on your window, maybe it's on your mirror, the things that you feel most insecure about, the opposite of that. I am a bad speaker. No, you're not. You just haven't tried it. You haven't done enough reps or you haven't practiced enough. I am, think about it as simple as this. I am a bad basketball player. You're not a bad, ba- you might actually be, That's let's be honest, but you haven't done enough reps. You haven't practiced enough and that's okay. You need to start telling yourself the future, Josh, what do I want him to be great at that I'm not right now and start speaking that over yourself. And this isn't, the weird manifestation that doesn't actually curate anything. And it also takes your intentionality and effort. All that to say, stop speaking bad about yourself. And and if you have friends that are started that say, I am blank and it's a negative thing, challenge it. Man, I, I am such an anxious person. You're not. Dude, when you're around, there's so much peace in the room. There's so much just oh, overwhelmingly joy in the room. And what you're doing is you're speaking to the potential of that person. That's prophecy one-on-one. What we're doing is we're, we're what God sees in the future. And we're painting that picture for that person to grab a hold to. Same exact thing that I just said about reputation. Paint the picture of the reputation you want them to carry and live up to. Speak life into it. And they will either pick it up and carry it or they won't. And that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is your obedience God's responsibility and their responsibility is the outcome. So the power of I am, I am blank. Maybe you just need to write 10 things out right now. I am confident. I am strong. I am beautiful. I am all those things. That's not prideful. That's not arrogant. Those are truths. Those are things that God has said about you. Therefore, they are true. Because what God has said is true and he wouldn't have created you out of nuance or just because there is a purpose behind your life and there is a purpose behind what you're doing every day. So I am blank, whatever that is. And again, catch yourself. I hope that you start to see that, start to see I am whatever that comes after that. I'm assuming you've read it. If you're a leader, you've probably read this book, but if not, it's kind of a long read. It's a, And again, it was written like 1936. So some of it you're like, man, I can tell this was not written in the 2000s, but that's right. I think it was absolutely incredible. Last one, people love hearing their name. Don't say just a, a pronoun or a, a t- adjective about them. Say their name and say their name a lot, especially in those first couple interactions. Maybe it's in the hallway. Again, you name it. Say their name as much as you can, not out of like a weird way of like, man, I just need to memorize their name. So I'm going to say it a thousand times. But say it because people love to hear their own name. Because that's their name. It's it's their their identity is right there. So continue to say their name. Don't say. And even this applies to people that are no longer in your life. Maybe it was a breakup in high school, or maybe it was a family member he don't talk to. Be careful who you say they towards. Well, they just they did this, so I don't want to be a part of them. Or or he did this, or she said this about me. Be careful because. I learned this honestly when I was probably 17. I was going to a church and I was on, I was an intern at the time and our lead pastor 
challenge us all to, to not just use terms towards people that used to be in our lives because God still has a plan for them. God still has a future for them. And God still is chasing after them. And they have a name. Therefore, we need to use their name because that is who God designed them to be. They're not, they're not general, generalized humans that are robots and don't have heart, don't have sin in their life. We all get that. But you need to say people's names. Don't, don't generalize them. Don't put them in a category. Don't categorize a specific type of people. Just say people's names. Again, uh, when you consistently do these things, what ends up happening is you acquire more friends because people want to be around you. And on the other side of it, you start to influence people because a lot of people, again, chase after influence, but they don't, they don't call people th their names. They don't smile at them. They don't affirm them. They don't make other people feel interested in what, again, you can influence people one way or another. I would say these, these nine things that I'm submitting to you right now are probably the best case scenario. There's obviously manipulators. There's people who just want to get things out out of you or use you. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, and if you're listening to this, I would submit, submit these to you right now, apply them. And I genuinely promise based on the evidence of this book, a lot of books probably came out in 1936, but I guarantee there's not a lot still being sold to this day. So I'm going to read these and then we'll, we'll go over to next week. So the one, be genuinely interested in people because people love to talk about themselves. Let other people feel like it, the ideas were theirs. Give them the credit. Talk about your own mistakes before talking about theirs. Don't use the word but, but use the word and. Talking with terms with others' interests in mind. So always speak to their interests, their ideas, because most people are what thinking about what's in it for me. Get the other person to say yes immediately. Get them to agree with something small. Gain agreement throughout your conversations. Give honest and sincere appreciation. Give one awesome compliment per day. Give the other person a sign or a slash reputation to live up to. Give them a reputation to live up to. Speak so good about people behind their back. Power of identity. So the power of I am. We need to make sure where other things after I am are positive and encouraging and uplifting. And then the last one, people love hearing their names. So say their name. Don't say generalized terms towards people. So these are from Dale Carnegie. Again, I, I read this book maybe three years ago, and it's drastically changed how I talk to people, the friends in my life, my environment, my personal life. All that to say, I believe that these will absolutely change your life. Read Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. We'll see you next week.